Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This episode of Kitchen Club is kindly sponsored by Exhale Coffee, the first speciality coffee in the UK to be sourced and roasted for health. We're very excited by this coffee and all the research into it showing that just one cup of Exhale Coffee has been tested to have the same antioxidant power of 12 punnets of blueberries, 55 oranges, or 1.2 kilograms of kale. That is pretty amazing. Exhale's unique process is designed to lock in the natural plant chemicals and involves nine different tests at independent laboratories across Europe. Amazingly, it is free from any nasties that you might find in other coffees, including mycotoxins, pesticides, toxins, and heavy metals. Plus, if you're a decaf drinker, you'll be pleased to know that it's the same as the regular coffee, but has been decaffeinated using the chemical-free mountain water process, which uses only the purest spring water. The magic is all in the sourcing and roasting of this coffee to bring out more of coffee's healthy compounds. It's also absolutely delicious and tastes just as good as other speciality grade coffee. So if you would like to try Exhale Coffee, you can use code CLUB40 for 40% off your first bag in a subscription plus free delivery. So head to www.exhalecoffee.com to find out more and enjoy. Hello and welcome back to Kitchen Club with me, Serena Louth, and my babe of a friend, Sarah Malcolm. Kitchen Club is the weekly podcast that brings you conversations from the kitchen table. Each week we have a brilliant new guest, a new area of expertise to get stuck into, plus a new recipe which is created using our guests' three favourite ingredients. Today's guest is a particularly special one who I have wanted to have on the podcast for a very, very long time. It is our very own Sarah Malcolm, aka the co-host of this podcast. We thought it would be really nice to interview each other and share more about what we do. So let me tell you a bit about Sarah. As her bio says, Sarah is a yoga teacher, co-host of Kitchen Club, aka the best podcast ever, and founder of At Home with Sarah. 
At age 24, Sarah was diagnosed with polycystic ovary syndrome, which transformed her lifestyle as she played with ways in which she could help her diagnosis through diet, exercise, and living more mindfully. As a teacher, Sarah weaves her connection to the practice into her teaching style with a playfulness on encouraging her students to find a personal practice that feels good for their bodies rather than looks a certain way and to move in a way that's honest to what they've got going on physically, mentally and emotionally and to let that guide their movement. This is strange. So here is me on Kitchen Club. Hello, Sarah, and welcome to your own podcast. Oh my gosh. Hi, Serena. This is quite wild, isn't it? It feels a little bit weird, to be honest. Normally we split the questions and we have little color coding and now it's just all in my color and it's a bit intense. Although I've got green for ingredients and recipe. That wasn't intentional. (laughs) How does it feel to be a guest on your very own podcast? It feels strange. I feel slightly nervous. I feel quite nervous. I do. I do. You've already hosted one episode this season though. So you're, you're a season pro. I'm basically Ellen DeGeneres now. (laughs) Yes, you are. Or Oprah. Yes, you are. You are Ellen. Shall we dive in? Let's dive in. Would you like to tell everybody what your three favorite ingredients are, please, Sarah? Yes. So this was so hard and listeners, I think you all know, we've kind of toyed with this before, haven't we? Um, asking each other what ours would be. And I still hadn't come up with my own answer. Um, Serena asked me and she was very cemented on, on hers. Um, but I have gone for mushrooms. Delish. Sweet potato. Delish. I mean, both quite, quite basic, if I'm honest, but you just... Staples. Yeah, staples. And then I have gone for lime pickle. Oh my God, my favourite. <laughs> I love lime pickle. It is just one of those things that I always have to have in the fridge. Always. It's quite addictive, I think. Oh, unbelievable. But do you do you like preserved lemons and stuff like that? Heaven. Yeah. Heaven. I feel like you either love them or hate. I didn't know what to do with a preserved lemon for a long time. Mm. I still don't know what to do, really, to be honest. Mm, I make a nice, there's an Ottolenghi slow cook courgette thing that has preserved lemon and it's delicious, but preserved lemon does just taste like lime pickle. Yeah, it's exactly. That, like, salty, sour. Oh, yum. So, this Tammy. is what you always ask people is there any particular reason why you've chosen those three? Okay. Sweet potato, I think, if you've got sweet potato in your house, you can, you can go anywhere. You can make anything, and if there's sweet potato on the menu, it's probable that I'll have it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I just think it's it can be t- really tasty. Like roasted sweet potato, I just think is delicious. I know you are not a sweet potato girl. <laughs> um, Would you choose normal fries or sweet potato fries? Oh, if I'm in a restaurant, probably normal, to be honest. Yeah. Because good, good I girl. just like how I do my sweet potato wedges, like bit of cinnamon, oil, salt, bit of chili, divine. And because people order them in a restaurant because they think it's a healthy option, yeah. but they forget they're still fries. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I remember when I was like uber healthy stage and um, was ordering, it was like when sweet potato fries just came out, yeah. you know, and I, I learned that they were actually cooked like three times more than normal <laughs> chips. And I was like, right, that's it. Can't eat them. But oh my gosh, that's so... Delicious. Just like a little oil never sponge. Yeah, yeah, basically are. Okay, Mushrooms, um, just yum. You can, oh, the texture, the taste. 
just just delicious yummy and delicious my go-to words for these three ingredients um and then lime pickle I just think makes anything any curry I just couldn't have a curry without lime pickle Mm. and I just think it's something that really goes like pop in your mouth like oh yeah that makes my mouth on just do wild things um and it's funny because I'm quite particular about my lime pickle okay tell me it has to be patax yes yeah of course yeah and I've tried others and they're just a bit too like I think it needs to be quite spicy yeah 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 agreed so I actually made I haven't made you lime pickle today but when I worked for Delicious Sienna, we did a recipe for her third cookbook where we made lime pickle, <gasps> which it was it was different. It was more like a little like side chutney thing. It was yummy, but I think I just like it from a jar. Yeah. You can't go wrong. You can't, you can't beat it. lime pickle. But actually, I tell you, one of the best lime pickles I've ever had was actually on a flight um, to Mumbai. And I was with my two best friends and they were asleep and we got served probably one of the best curries I've ever had. On the airplane. airplane. Yeah. (laughs) It was like this small, small plane and they were asleep and um, they like put their meals down in front of them. And I said to the girls, I kind of woke them up and said, do you want, do you want your food? And they were like, no, no, no. I started digging into mine and thought, oh my God, this is amazing. So I ate both of them. (laughs) It was the best lime pickle ever. So thank you, Mumbai Airlines. Oh, I love that. That's brilliant. Um, So do you want to tell me what you've made me? Oh, yeah, of course. I was like ready to move on to the next question. I have, well, you know what I've made you because we just had it. I've made you a sweet potato and mushroom burger in a brioche bun. It was meant to have paneer, but my local shop didn't have any paneer. So we're having halloumi, which arguably is better, maybe, Um, with some spiced spinach and a yogurty, lime pickly, dippy, saucy vibe. Loads of fresh coriander. What did you think? Oh my gosh, it was absolutely divine. So good. It's just like heaven in a bun, wrapped up. Not wrapped. Put on top of each other, squished <laughs> in a bun. And it is the hottest day, probably the hottest day of the year. And we are sat eating hot, spicy, Indian-flavoured burgers, <laughs> sweating our faces off. But they'd be such a good one for a barbecue as well. A veggie like, barbecue. Yeah, yeah, really nice. Really nice. I thought of it because there's a brilliant place in Brixton called Bubba G's that do, they're called Bangra Burgers, and they have this, like, paneer patty, and it's, oh, it's so good. Mm. It's actually so spicy, it kind of makes your eyes water. Um, but that was my inspo. Thank you, darling. It was so well divine. And also fried paneer, so great. Delish. So great. Mm. Thank you. What a treat. So we're going to talk about food a little bit to start because yeah. this did originally start off as a foodie podcast. And I feel like over the, the, over the years, over the year, it has got progressively less and less foodie. <laughs> so I just yeah. have some, some quick little food questions for you. Have you always loved food? Were you always... I was going to say always a greedy gal. Were you always someone who like really loved their food? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I've never been like quote unquote foodie. Um, Had some weird things as a child growing up. I mean, my favourite sandwich was salami and cottage cheese in a sandwich (laughs) together. Like that was my staple packed lunch box. Nice. Um, And, but I always got excited by food and the, I loved eating out even as a child. I mean, 
I've, I've definitely said this on the podcast that I was in Les Mis as a child in the West, in the West End. <laughs> and my dad would pick me up from the show take me home and it probably wasn't even that late but in my mind as a child a seven-year-old it was like really late and we'd go to this restaurant this Indian restaurant on our way home and it was like oh my god I'm an adult hi I'm an adult and I'm eating this the best food on like a Tuesday night with my dad has got school tomorrow that's adorable so I think it was a real celebration and we'd always eat out as a family and my mum's great at cooking roast so I've always loved it, but I didn't switch into really enjoying it until probably early 20s because uni, I just like eat to survive, you know. Eat to line your stomach. Yeah. (laughs) You said you're not foodie. I think of you as really foodie. But then I suppose you had your kind of, uh, what do you call it, Um, like Fitzbo years. Yeah. Where you probably were less into it because it was more like fuel rather than... Well, saying that, I think that's where I developed a love for creating recipes though Mm. because I suddenly had to with my PCOS diagnosis suddenly had to switch and kind of shake up my diet a bit from what I was used to eating um I mean I was the girl at the party who's and still am would stand next to the buffet table you know (laughs) and have the 10 cupcakes so we would have ultimately met even if it hadn't been through work (laughs) because I would have been at the buffet table too (laughs) I still am let's just get that straight um but I think when I had to cook for myself and I started you know looking at food in a different way and thinking oh how can I make that taste good and all those things I think that's where my love for cooking came so I already had the love for food but that's where my love for like oh this is actually a really beautiful process of making your own food from scratch and I'd I'd plan what I was going to make for breakfast the night before I went to sleep and I'd get so excited about what I was going to cook and it was always different I mean you're usually a different smoothie um but yeah so I I, yeah yeah right (laughs) um you've kind of answered about your earliest food that's a nice one uh this is a bit of a basic question but it's my favorite question to ask people nonetheless what would be your death row meal it would it would be a curry it would be a sri lankan curry um with all the trimmings any curry in particular (laughs) Mm, all just well, like all. a little bit of all the different, like yeah. the green bean one, the beetroot yeah. one. Yeah, like you know when we went to Colamba to oh, eat buff. that that food. That would be my death row meal. I mean, we had haven't been to Sri Lanka. Just the most incredible food at a place that I can't remember the name. Um, we stayed there, and it was just a whole mix of veggie curries. Yeah, all of that. Worth, worth, worth. Yeah. Um, starter pud drink. For the old death row? Oh, yeah. Got that whole shebang. Um, starter. Just just for curry. Mm-hmm. Just a little, like bit, a little pakora or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, with like some writer and... Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> and then dessert. It would probably be something chocolatey. That's quite impressive after a curry. I know, but, you know, I'm going in. <laughs> yeah, I don't true, have to true. think about this is like, the last one. Sick. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, or like the bad tummy. I'm go- Yeah, I'd have a chocolate. I mean, right now I want something cold and chocolatey. Depends what the temperature's like at the time, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe, maybe a chocolate cheesecake is what I fancy right now. Delicious. Or like a dark chocolate mousse, like the one we made for Kate Lister. Mm. That's what I would. That's what I want now. Yeah, great. Love that. 
So I'd say that. What are you washing it all down with? Um, mm, maybe a really cold glass of like Sauvignon. Delish. <laughs> Probably doesn't go together, but no, who cares? It's your last meal. Yeah. You have what you want. Yeah. I might be joining you for this meal. It sounds Please. delicious. Please come. <laughs> uh, who does most of the cooking at home? Um, Piers, my partner, would say him. And that's probably true. But I would say it's split quite evenly. Because when I eat at home, usually I can't be bothered. So I'll just like throw things together and see what happens. Whereas Piers loves to follow recipes and loves to always have something new and delicious. Like, oh, let's make this because we've never tried that before. And I'm more like, what have we got in the fridge? I'm going to throw that in a pan with some garlic and onion and ginger and that's dinner. <laughs> you know? Nice. Yeah, sounds very familiar. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so obviously everybody knows you predominantly as a yoga teacher. Mm. And this is, it's very hard to interview someone who you know so well because... I feel like I'm asking very obvious questions, but I know the answer, but we're going to talk about things so that the listeners get to know you a little bit better, you and your teaching style and the way you feel about yoga. Um, so I, you and I have chatted a lot about yoga bodies. I'm doing quote marks mm-hmm. and, and making yoga accessible to everyone and making it a very friendly space where you don't feel intimidated going in. So I'd love to hear from you why that's important and how you are going about breaking the mold of what people think a yoga teacher has to be, what a yoga student has mm. to be. Mm. I think it's a really um, important thing that we do break the mold. And it's probably the same with kind of any stereotype that we think of or any industry you're in. Um, and I really loved actually Susie last week and how kind of she went down the route of being a tattoo artist just because she wanted to and didn't kind of form that stereotype. Um, And when I first practiced or started practicing yoga, it was and perhaps still is a place where you see tiny, tiny people who look a certain way and you kind of think of yogis again, quote unquote, to look a certain way. And when I came When I stepped into the role of a teacher, I was met with a lot of, a lot of negative thoughts in myself that I can't be a yoga teacher because I don't look like these people. I don't look like the people that I step into a studio and see. And I was thinking, so how can my students, how would they respect me if I don't look like that? And it was a really big battle and something I think I've always struggled with and still do struggle with, you know, it's always that conversation that you have with yourself. I'm not good enough, self-doubt and it comes and goes, but I think it's really important to talk about it so that anyone else who does feel the way I feel can be liberated from their own thoughts as well. Um, And I think it all stems and kind of started with when I was diagnosed with PCOS, polycystic ovary syndrome, and I was exercising a lot. I was eating really well at the time. Well, actually started to eat better. But my relationship with my body really changed in the way that I was exercising, not to look a certain way, but because I knew that that's what my body needed. That's what my hormones needed and to regulate my blood sugar. 
So suddenly exercising and strength training, which is what I was doing a lot of the time, became a thing of, I just want to be strong. I want to be able, I want to be capable. I want to live my life and not have to be injured and worry about health conditions later on in my life. And I think I moved that into my yoga practice as well. You know, you look at someone and you you can't tell what's going on in them. Like you can't tell how strong they are or what they've been dealing with, you know, and that is where the yoga lies. It's not about, I, and we've spoken about this so much and it's a conversation that we probably will keep having for a long time, but in order to be a yogi and a yoga teacher, whatever that means, really, you do not have to look a certain way. You do not have to do certain things. You don't have to do a handstand just because your students might want to do a handstand doesn't mean you have to be able to do it. Um, and it was quite, it was quite kind of scary stepping into a room full of people that I suddenly thought, am I being judged because I don't look like what they expect me to look like? But when you realize that, yeah, that you're free of that and you can teach to be kind to yourselves, you can teach for compassion and to be a human being is what I think is the most important thing. And if anyone is judging me because I don't look like I have abs or I don't, yeah, yeah, fuck it. (laughs) Then they're not the right student for me and that's fine. And they can, you know never come to my class again and that's wonderful there will be a teacher out there for them that does what they need and hopefully one stage in their life they'll come back and move into the quieter practices move into the the stuff that really matters um yeah this is a long answer but that's where I I really think it's important that we stop judging each other on how we look there is so much more beauty to be found when we let go of that, hmm. I it's I feel quite emotional speaking about it because it's so true. Like, why do we have to? And actually, I was quite triggered this weekend going to the beach and thinking, oh my gosh, I've put on a bit of weight over lockdown. You know, as we all have. Um, how my family see me? Oh, are they going to think I've put on weight? Like, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It doesn't change who we are at all we can be as kind and funny and loving and it will not change because of our bodies. And you can also be, you know, you can have the quote unquote perfect body and be miserable inside, or you can have the body that isn't seen as the aesthetic ideal and be super chilled with yourself and love your life and, and be really content. So I think it's, it's, kind of false isn't it it doesn't really matter as long as you're happy and healthy 100% and I think when we let go of that in our yoga practice as well and stop um practicing for the look of things and people do a lot of people I I speak to they say oh so I practiced for a workout I think when we stop treating our yoga practice as a workout or as exercise is when we really reap the benefits from it when we really tune into how we feel moving to be kind to ourselves and yeah we can do all the the strength and the mobility to to better our future self and to to make sure we're taking care of ourselves but 
I think it's really important to to tune in to each moment how you feel and that will inevitably be your best practice Mm. no I love your approach I think it's I think it's important that there are teachers out there who are I was going to say preaching what you're preaching not that you're preaching but who are sharing the message that you share because for for a lot of people yoga does start as exercise and for me I definitely did get into it Mm. as exercise back in back in the beginning and actually I I think I probably went to yoga because I had to exercise because I didn't like my body and through my yoga practice it wasn't that my body got better and I felt happier it was that I started to appreciate my body for what it could do rather than for what it looked like because when you practice yoga, even if you're not practicing it super intensely, you do get stronger. Mm. And it's not that your muscles become more visible. I'm not saying that you get stronger and more toned, but you physically get stronger. You can hold a plank for longer. And it's through that, that you start to realize how awesome your body is and the amazing things it can do. And so I think for someone to go on that journey of, of finding gratitude for their body, to have a teacher like you sharing the message that you're sharing is really really valuable Mm. I mean this is our like this is our home our bodies are where we spend all of our time you might call it your vessel you might call it your vessel (laughs) Serena had written in the notes befriend your vessel (laughs) and Sarah laughed at me but it is it's your vessel it is a vessel yeah (laughs) and in Sanskrit you'd say your kumba your pot that's cute yeah you fill it up and you let go um oh, I had a good point and I've oh, I lost my train of thought um yeah this is this is our home so why would we not want to enjoy our time spent in it rather than worrying about what's what's on the outside and if you're a yoga teacher or a yogi a pra- practicing human being then know that you it doesn't matter it really doesn't matter and also if you step into a class and you think oh I can't wear a sports bra because you know I've got roles or you know let it go like you can be as comfortable as you wish and if people are judging you that's on them because your teacher won't they'll be supporting you the whole whole time um yeah so that's yeah judgment is so often a projection of someone else's internal struggle rather than yeah rather than about you. Yeah. And um, talking about body image then, I'm wondering, and again, I, I know the answer. It's so weird, like asking you questions. Talking about body image, I'm wondering how your relationship with your body has been historically. Is yoga something that's really turned that for you to find acceptance and to find gratitude for your vessel? <laughs> or, <laughs> or has that always been something that's come easily to you? No, definitely not. I think, yeah. And as I say, it's still a, it's still a constant journey. I still have to remind myself of these things when I get in a, in a bad headspace. And that will probably, I mean, I hope not, but probably be, you know, for the rest of our lives. And I think that's a generation thing as well. Yeah. And how, when we were growing up. Kate Moss was the idol. Yeah. Heroin chic. Yeah. And I would have my, my massive computer at home, my back, my backdrop, my What's it called? Desk- Background. Desktop. Yeah. Background. Was like a picture of Jessica Alba in like a fit bikini looking tiny. Yeah. I mean, she's absolutely babe. Love Jessica um, Alba. What a hun. But that was, that was like, that was what we were supposed to look like. And that's all we ever saw. Um, and even when 
kind of the start of Instagram, I would only follow like Australian models on Instagram. And it's, it really is like a whole training thing to train yourself to, to acknowledge that isn't normal. So it really is a a constant relationship. And yeah, as a teenager, I actually, I was thinking about this the other day, like from a really early age, I was so aware of my, my body, so aware that my hips were bigger than all my friends and that what I ate impacted and I would like go for runs to lose weight. It was always about losing weight. And I said this to Piers, my partner recently about how me and my friends, this is awful. If we're so young, would, would, would be on MSN, be like, oh my gosh, I've got that feeling where I'm so hungry. And I know that that hungry feeling is my fat eating itself what oh god I hate this I know awful because no matter you can exercise as much as you want you can eat as little as you want you cannot change the shape of your body no your body's your body yeah acceptance love it be nice to it yeah what would you say to someone who is struggling with that oh do you have any tips I just think as I said before you know you are never your friends are never ever going to judge you on how you look they really aren't. I would never think to judge my friend if she's put on a bit of weight or looks a bit different. If you can see people for what's deeper, if they're kind, you know, if they make you laugh, that that is all that matters. And you have to remind yourself of that. You have to remind yourself that you are more than what society and the media has told us and, and forced us to believe that we are. And just, just to enjoy life. Like life is too short to worry about how we look. I actually had a weekend with my best friends recently and we said to each other, are we going to be worrying about this our whole lives? Like when we're 40, are we still going to be talking about the same old boring stuff about, oh, got to lose a bit of weight? Please no. So deeply ingrained. It is, isn't it? Growing up with the media and everything telling you you're not good enough, you need more, you need to be smoother, tighter, slimmer, more tanned. Yeah. It it it's deep, deep conditioning. So yeah, I think sadly it does take time to unravel that. It is. I think, yeah, appreciate now because you're always gonna look back like in five years' time, you're always gonna look at yourself and think, I look fucking great. Like why did I not appreciate what I had no. then? So just enjoy yourself. There is there's no point in wasting your time. Luckily, what? there are some brilliant yoga teachers and coaches out there who can help you with this sort of thing. There's some really, exactly. really good ones. Highly recommend Sarah and Serena. <laughs> but I mean, it's true. And we both do this work because we've it's a lived experience. Yeah, exactly. And it's something that we both have to remind ourselves as I'm sure so many people our age, younger, older, you know, there is more to life. Let's go and experience it and enjoy it. And remind each other. And remind each other as well. Yeah, absolutely. Serena. Do you know, if you're, th- if you're worried about judgment from other people, my favourite quote I heard the other day, those who mind don't matter mm. and those who matter don't mind. Mm. Love that. It's mm. so good, isn't it? It is a great one. Um, so you talked about your, your body, your vessel being your home. And that is a lovely little segue for, oh, that is a lovely little segue for you to tell us about at home. 
because I think that the name is so poignant like firstly that at home was born out of lockdown and you were physically at home people were practicing at home for the first time but I'm also assuming that at home is about coming home to yourself and being comfortable in your body yeah you've got it right yes (laughs) nailed it yeah and it's funny so this is my my uh listeners this is my member my online member space my yoga space online and you're so right, Serena, it was born out of lockdown, as so many things have been over the last year. So many things have shifted and changed. And I knew that I want to create, wanted to create this space because teaching online for me in the past year has been such a tonic. It has helped me physically, mentally, emotionally so much to show up for people, but also to connect with all these other incredible humans all over the world that has been and I've said this before in the podcast like top notch top (laughs) notch top dog and when I was toying with the idea of what shall I call my member space and I was writing loads of things down and I just wrote down at home and it then became at home with Sarah and I just thought that is it that works that is everything it says everything about it you're at home maybe physically, but you know, as we move into the world, perhaps you're traveling whilst you're you're doing this, but wherever you are going, you are coming home to yourself. You are tuning in with yourself. You are checking in with yourself. And of course there are practices on there that are, um, you know, different body areas and kind of working into that way, working into mobility, but the, it all boils down to this idea of coming home and that we can feel at home no matter where we go and if we're kind of returning to work and we're on the tube and we're rushing and stressing and there's anxiety as there is with this time I know I felt it massively to be able to put on a meditation in the at home with Sarah library and know that ah I can close my eyes and I can tune in and I can settle myself how do I feel and you can take that anywhere what a gift it is. Um, not my gift, but you know, you have, <laughs> you have this whole internal landscape within you. There is so much that we can tune into and uncover and notice within ourselves. And that is just, that happens when we close our eyes and we tune into our breath, when we access ourselves. So yeah, that's where it was born out of. And it has been it has been so great. It has, I mean, obviously with anything, it's been challenging, um, setting it up and learning how to do techie things, which (laughs) I'm not good at. And as we're both terrible at plugging our own things, you know, it's, it's hard to do your own marketing Mm. and you have to be, you have to have so many hats on when you're starting a business, you have to be absolutely everything. And you've spoken to Serena about this on on social media recently about, you know, you have to be a copywriter, you have to be a marketing manager, you have to be great at social graphics. Um, and then you also have to lead the practices and get the members. But something recently when I was, I was actually practicing, I was on a training with Michael James Wong, who's a recent guest, brilliant guest on the podcast. And I was really trying to force the at home with Sarah platform. Um, my partner is very business minded and I love him for that because it really pushes me into that. Cause I'm not like that at all. Mm-hmm. 
And I was really struggling with it when we kind of first launched thinking, oh, need more people, need more people. Must, must make this like as, as big as I can, you know, push, push, push. And Michael drew me a card in a, well, I've forgotten the name of it. Tarot. Tarot. And it was about sustenance and it, it, the card just read sustenance. It was a picture of Ganesh on the front. So it wasn't a tarot. It was a, like a yogi, yogi version. And I sat with that and I meditated with it. And I suddenly thought like, oh, I've got what I need. So let's appreciate, I'm going to appreciate all the members I have, appreciate the space that I've created because I haven't fully pat myself on the back for that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's big stuff That's that we so do. Important. And just sit and be like, I'm going to sustain this. I'm going to sustain and be grateful for everyone I've got on there. And yeah, it's um, now feels like I can just love and let it let it grow and nourish. And who knows where it will go. Mm-hmm. But I'm really glad I started it and founded it. And it's just, yeah, it's just the start. So that's at home with Sarah. Knowing, <laughs> not pausing. Yes. I love it because it makes me think of that gorgeous song. Home is wherever I'm with you. Oh, yeah. Oh, home. Yeah. And it's like singing that to yourself. Yeah. Maybe I should put that in. Maybe you should. <laughs> Maybe we should sing it and record it. <laughs> um, okay, Fab. So obviously we'll share the details to at home in the show notes so everyone can find you nice and easily. Mm. Um, and yeah, just a, a note on at home with Sarah. You can, if you, if you don't want to become a member and that's absolutely fine, you know, life gets in the way. Um, I've made it really affordable, but if that isn't your thing, then you can, you can check in with the, with the on-demand practices and, and kind of flow as you go. Oh, I love that. Flow as you go. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should put that in That's as well. That's so snappy. Hi, hey, hi. Hey. You a coach? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so no, I, we've obviously talked a bit about your style as a teacher in terms of, of your focus around body image and things. But I think it's also worth saying that you are as a teacher, incredibly welcoming and approachable and fun and friendly. And I, I think that's really lovely when a lot of teach, a lot of yoga does feel quite serious and quite formal and quite, um, rigid, I guess. Mm. So that's not really a question. That's more just me telling people in case they've not <laughs> been to your classes. <laughs> so anybody who even vaguely knows you knows that your favorite, favorite thing to talk about in the world is periods. <laughs> yes. Uh, and obviously I guess like your, your struggle with PCS was kind of PCOS was kind of your intro to the whole holistic health world. Right. Mm. So I'm wondering how has your connection to your cycle and your knowledge of your cycle changed your relationship with yourself and your body? Mm. A great one. Um, I think, the same thing, you know, when we were growing up, periods were, uh, oh my gosh, we do not speak about them. We can't tell our, the men in our lives, you know, they, no one can know that we're on our period. You just have to rush, rush to the toilet with a tampon in your hand, like clutched <laughs> in you. Um, and when I lost my period with PCOS, suddenly I, it was like a, a massive thing. And my, my goal was to get my period back. And as was it Vianney that said at the beginning of this season, that, that is one of your vital signs mm-hmm. that you are healthy, having a healthy period. And through this podcast and knowledge, soaking up the knowledge from our, from our amazing guests and 
from apps like Moody that both you and I, Serena, are practitioners on. I've just been learning so much about honoring my cycle, trusting my cycle, and how beautiful it is. Like, it is such a wonderful thing. And I would never shy away from telling a man that I was on my period. I think it is a conversation that everyone should just be having in the open. Like my dad is always very aware on my, on my period. He knows when I have struggles, same with my partner, like he is supportive and, and I think, yeah, it's just so odd that we shy away from it. It's so very odd, Mm. isn't it? So I think, um, yeah, noticing, tracking my cycle and noticing where I do feel more stressed, more anxious, that that should be reflected in my life. And I will, um, you know, try and sync to my cycle as much as I can. So next week, for example, I know that I'm going to be a little bit more anxious. Mm -hmm. So can I give myself more kindness and compassion in that week and rest a little more and remind myself I'm feeling this way because my hormones are doing wild things in my body and that is completely natural and then in the times where I'm feeling more creative um in my ovulation phase then I can plan to film all of my at home with Sarah stuff then when I know I'll have more energy when I know that yeah, I'm going to feel more creative in my teaching. It's so funny actually, because I I really notice where I am in my cycle when I'm teaching yoga. Um, Why have I forgotten all of the phases? Why have I forgotten all of their phases? Luteal phase, is that pre? I just call them seasonal. I like the wild power school of of thought around it. So I think for me, it's much easier to remember them in terms of the seasons rather than scientific Mm. hormonal. So in my winter. Yeah my luteal phase, pre-period, um, I know that I won't be able to cramp, come up with creative flow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I just, I just, my brain physically can't create that. And so I know I'm going to teach something simple and my words will probably be jumbled, but can I give myself credit? You know, I'm a human being. And I know that in my spring, summer, yeah, I'm going to nail the creative dynamic flows and it's going to be cool. I'm going to have that in the bag, but yeah. So I think, does that answer the question? Completely. And and knowledge really is power with that because it's easy to beat yourself up for, for not feeling super creative or for feeling a bit low energy or feeling a bit anxious. But if you know why it's happening, because you recognize where you are in your cycle, that allows you to be more compassionate and more understanding of yourself. Mm maybe we should play a game where people who come to your yoga classes have to guess at the end of the class where you are in your cycle that'd be horrible from based on based on how dynamic the class was or how your how creative you had been they'll be like yeah yeah, yeah cool class thanks Sarah yeah. day 17 great <laughs> because I often get questions from from students who have come to my class or their their yoga teachers and they say wow I love how creative your your classes are and I say to them they're not always like you've just come in a creative week. Sometimes they're super simple because honestly, that's all I can manage. Mm -hmm. And there's still beauty in those simple flows. We still need those simple flows. Mm. 
yeah, sometimes that will be exactly what the people who are coming need rather than the yeah. creative, fancy, juicy. Yeah. So no, that's awesome. Um, you mentioned anxiety in relation to your cycle. And, and I feel like anxiety is actually something you talk quite a lot about on Instagram. How much does that affect you to what extent? And how do you support yourself when you are having a bit of an anxious patch? Mm, um, yeah, I do like to talk about this really openly on Instagram um because it's pretty weird I have I feel like I have a strange relationship with Instagram where if if I'm not really honest with how I'm feeling then I feel like I'm lying to everyone Mm -hmm. like I'm being really yeah dishonest (laughs) with what I'm posting um and anytime I do post I'm having a a troubled time then the the feedback from others saying thank you because I'm feeling the same way that I think that's why I post it as well, because I, if I'm feeling shit and I suddenly I see everything on Instagram that's like happy, I'm doing all these things. Oh my gosh, I'm everywhere. Look how much fun I'm having. And I think, oh, am I the only one feeling like this? Mm-hmm. And you know that you're not, but when you see, oh, someone else is feeling a bit shit. And I think Fern Cotton is actually someone who's really, really lovely to follow because she is always honest on her Instagram yeah. and, and, you know, she'll post a picture of her crying and you think, oh, thank you because I was feeling the exact same way and you are this wonderful, successful woman. If you're feeling this way, you know. It helps to normalise it for everyone else. Yeah. And makes people, I guess, feel less alone if they are going through it. Yeah. And just a reminder that, we, again, we're humans. We There's no need to be happy all the time. Like, that is not normal and yeah, we put too much pressure on ourselves to do that. But, um, tools that I have, I think are to slow down and blah, 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 you know, you know, <laughs> yoga record. But actually I think I probably shy away from a yoga practice when I'm feeling anxious. Mm. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Why I is think, that? I think I put too much pressure on myself and I'd rather sit and take myself out for a walk or sit and, and do some meditation, um, and my healthy habit, which should I say about that now? If you're ready, if you, do you want to do more anxiety or into your healthy habit? No, well, it's a tool for me. So, okay, great. Do it. Yeah. Because I know where this podcast goes. I know that healthy habit is next. (laughs) Um, So my healthy habit, and it's something that I have been doing for the past three, four months and has, I feel has really changed the game for for me when I was experiencing experiencing really bad insomnia. Um, Was a daily meditation. I know that sounds, you know, we have that all the time and, and, I think that meditation is something recently I've really connected with. I've practiced bits and bobs over the last few years, but recently and having done my training with Michael on quiet practice and meditation, I suddenly felt like, wow, I've got access to this and I know what to do in my body. And the, the, the practice that I've been doing daily is a breathing technique, a breathing practice. And it's very simple, but allows me some structure to know how I'm feeling is I very simply close my eyes, notice my breath, be a witness to myself. And that will change every single day where I'm at. Of course. (laughs) And I will, yeah, notice my breath, how I'm breathing, and then do a simple breath ratio of breathing in slowly for four, 
pausing for one, exhale slowly for four, pausing for one. I do that four times and I count it on my hand so I know where I'm at. So I was laughing when you sent me this because when it said, Sarah sent me her healthy habit and it said four, one, four, one, and then six, one, six, one. And I was like, breathe in for four, out for one, breathe in for four, out for one. And then breathe in for six, out for one. <laughs> and I was like, wow, this doesn't sound super relaxing. This sounds quite intense. Like panting in the mirror. I was trying to exp- I was trying to explain it to you as in simple way, and I just thought I'll write ratios. No, you're doing it great verbally. Keep going yeah, verbally. Okay. <laughs> so it's in for four, pause for one, out for four, pause for one. That four times, and I count that on my hands so I know where I'm at, so I don't lose track. And then I move up to six, in for, inhale for six, pause for one, exhale for six, pause for one, do that four times. Then do inhale for eight, pause for two, exhale for eight, pause for two, do that four times. And then you work back down. So it's like a little a pyramid. You're going all the way up, expanding the breath and then coming back down. And I was practicing that with a, a round of eight, but I just thought life's getting in the way. I'm going to do this and commit to this four, 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 four. And it's quite overwhelming how easily I can switch and move into, you know, if I'm feeling really anxious, really stressed, I think I'm going to give myself 10 minutes and that it sometimes is less than that. 10 minutes to do this. And afterwards I physically have shifted. I did it this morning. I told myself I was going to get up and do a workout before I came to you, Serena. And I feel really tired. So I sat on my mat and then I just did this instead. And that's all I needed. It was like a work in rather than a workout, you know? Um, and it's, it's just a really lovely tool that I've been doing. And I think especially on, on the, the times of my cycle when I'm feeling super anxious, making sure I do that is nice I love that I'm really glad you've explained it to me because now I can do it properly rather than like doing some crazy panting like a thirsty (laughs) dog (laughs) um no that's awesome it's lovely and like obviously we've chatted to um James Dowler we've had we've had whole episodes on breathwork and I think the breath is so important and so incredible and it's this free tool that is portable and it's always within you and you can do it on the bus you can do it anywhere and so that's lovely Sarah you did actually mention though you told me another healthy habit oh yes I said cycling um and it's something I don't always do Mm -hmm. it's not a daily thing like I have to get out but cycling is such I mean I'll never regret cycling anywhere it is so nice even when I'm in the rain and it's windy I find it so freeing and where I live in, in Stoke Newington, there's lots of cycle paths. It's very safe. The roads are always empty. And I kind of, and I've said this before, I might have said it on the podcast. I kind of um, think it's a bit like skiing. <laughs> in the way that, that to me. No. In the way that you can just like let yourself go. The wind's going through your hair and you can just appreciate things and look around. And it's a really mindful experience. Um and it shifts away from like traveling on the bus when you're on your phone and you're like getting your emails done or on the tube and you're rushing and you're doing all this other stuff. Whereas when you're cycling, you're there, you're present. You're not doing anything else apart from cycling. And yeah, I just, I just bloody love it. I'm so grateful that I have a bike and able to, able to cycle around. Um, I think it's a really lovely thing. 
good for the board, good for the environment. Exactly. Good for the vessel. Good for the vessel. But also you're right. I think it's funny, isn't it? Often if you get on the tube to go somewhere we're, and we're quite jammy because we don't commute. Yeah. I like, I don't, I, I couldn't do that anymore. When you arrive somewhere and you've been in someone's sweaty armpit the whole mm. way there, you arrive in a grump, people are pushing. If you cycle somewhere, yeah. sure, you might be a bit sweaty when you get there, yeah. but you're happy. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. And yeah, not that much sweaty though. Sweaty, to be honest. I'm quite like, a sweaty pig. Oh, okay. So, okay. So Sorry, the, wind, the wind's going in your helmet. Yeah. Hopefully not your hair. Wind yeah. in your helmet. Wind on your body. Um, you probably you beat the traffic, beat the bus. Yeah, it's often quicker. Always. Mm. I, I have this weird thing where whenever I got my bike, I imagine myself when I started and if I was walking and I think oh how far would I have got if I was walking god I'd be like all the way back there you know? <laughs> like wow I'm so jammy I'm so fast on my bike you say that <laughs> I used to love walking everywhere and then I started cycling and I was like why would why would you walk it so slow yeah walking exactly, is so slow exactly yeah so good on bikes well done bicycles thank you love that so double healthy habits cycling and breathing yeah Great. Yeah. Beautiful. There was one more question I wanted to ask you. If you couldn't do what you were doing now, if the world was your oyster, I mean, the world is your oyster, but if you could do literally anything with your life that you wanted other than what you do, as in like, go, go follow your wildest dreams, what would you do? What's coming to mind right now, maybe it's because I'm sweating from the back of my knees, is, um, I don't know, go and live somewhere beautiful and be like paddleboard instructor i was just thinking scuba to scuba instructor yeah. in bali yeah yes. something in oh. the water in the ocean because i absolutely love the sea so so much okay where would you do it um i don't know maybe i mean i'd like to go somewhere that i haven't been before so i i don't know somewhere so nowhere else. in particular somewhere no. warm somewhere warm yeah. I was reminded actually one time when I was in Australia, I stayed with some friends and they had a jetty and little, um, hut thing and they had paddle boards. That was like their little business side business. And we went, had a barbecue there and then went out on the paddle boards and there were like stingrays in the water and it was the most idyllic little town and experience. And I thought, this is the life. Mm-hmm. How lush. Yeah. Epic. And then followed by a couple of cold beers on the beach, quick yeah. barbecue. Yeah. Oh, Please. Get me a holiday Please. right now. I know, I know. Oh, that sounds so good. Well, Sarah Malcolm, thank you so much for taking the time to be a guest on your own podcast. It has been a pleasure to interview you. Serena, the pleasure is all mine. I feel quite like overwhelmed by by being on such an esteemed podcast. Hopefully the numbers don't drop this week, the listening numbers. <laughs> we can wrap this straight up since i know what to do uh, yeah do it would you like to take it take us home yeah oh, that's nice that's oh. take it take us at home yeah let's weird. bring us home bring us home sarah mm. um thank you listeners for listening to to this episode listening to me ramble on real pleasure to be on serena and i'm not going to say what i enjoyed me. i'm not going to say i enjoyed this that i said no um but if you would all like to enjoy the recipe that Serena has lovingly made, the in- incredible burger, the banging burger, then you can find it on our Instagram at K 
Kitchen Club podcast, where you will see lots of other beautiful things on there. And yeah, you can find out more details about At Home with Sarah and my teachings in the show notes below. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. And if you enjoyed this, please do share a little screenshot on your Instagram stories, spread the word, get everyone listening to Sarah. And we will see you next week for, surprise, surprise, I'll give you three guesses who the next guest is going to be. Dun, dun, dun. And I'm not going to tell you. Wait. It's a surprise. (laughs) (laughs) That was an awkward (laughs) Thanks for listening.